Hey there! Welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives, right here on the Superview Show Network. I am joined by my two incredible friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Hey, not Hello. much. Back. Glad that to... long break. It was a we long. We took break. a long. It was a very long break indeed. We took a long break between our 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 our, our, pre, our most recent episode and this one. For those of you who have been listening to us or following us in any any period of time. Um, I had the idea of well, February seventh, twenty twenty four, this year on back on February seventh, um, a little over two weeks ago, uh, marked uh, when the Beatles first came over to America, in, uh, you know, the United States in nineteen sixty four, and I said to Kyle and Mike, I said, well, wouldn't it be a fitting tribute if we broke that, did a career discography breakdown of the Beatles uh, catalog? And we said, how are we going to do that? So for this, the reason why it's called Part One. Is because we, we we only broke down from please please me to rubber soul first in this episode alone. So like we, you're gonna have to wait another week <laughs> when we break down from um from rubber soul to the end of their catalog to let it be. So we're just so just that's next week. So be patient, bear with us. We've been doing nothing but streaming the Beatles. I've been listening to it on vinyl. It's it's going crazy. So but anyways, we're gonna break it down. Let me share my screen for a second. And so if you're listening to us, sit back, relax, and enjoy. But if you're watching us live, tune in as we break down the Beatles' career discography, as I Mike likes to call it, career discography breakdown <laughs> of the Beatles' entire catalog. Um, do we want to get into any like overall like quick impressions of them as a band at all before we go in or just go straight into it? I'm good to go straight in. All right, let's go. Yeah, let's go straight in. in. Yeah, sure. Well, let's start with their first album, which was... Please, please me in 1963. Mm. Oh, in March of 1963. Wow. It's been a long time. Uh, do I want me to go first? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right, cool. For a little bit. Uh, given that it's their, this is their first album that was released, it's the debut album by the Beatles, uh, produced by George Martin, of course. Uh, it, has the, uh, it has some of their earliest, in my opinion, some of their best earliest work in there, truthfully. Um, like I says, I saw her standing there. Please, please me, love we do. I'll get to all that in a second, but, um, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. like there are some really so some of some of my favorite early Beatles songs are off this record. I'm just gonna get into it right now. Then, um, I saw her standing there. Misery, Anna Gotem, Anna Gotem, which was a cover. Uh, Chains, another cover. Uh, Boys, which was another cover. Um, Ask me why, and please, please me closes out side one. Side two opens up with Love Me Do, P.S. I Love You, Baby It's You, uh, which is a cover. Uh, do you want to know a secret? Uh, a Taste of Honey and There's a Place and Twist and Shout, the last song on side one. Um, my man. So when we first started to do this, I, I, I knew going into this that there would be covers because the Beatles, some of their some of their earlier albums were like hard to get through, at least from, from my, my personal standpoint was because. They had so many like covers of other artists on their original couple of albums. On the probably the first three or four, up until like whatever, so really, or maybe even help for that matter. They had like, you know, they had um, they had songs on there that were covers written by other people. And I but but because at the time they were still just a club band and they were just trying to break out into the world. And then they came over to the U.S. and history was made. Um, but my my standout tracks on here. Uh, I, I, it, just right off the bat, I saw her standing there. This is a great song. I love that song. I I've not been lucky enough to hear it live though. When I see Paul McCartney, hopefully the next time I see him, he'll play it live. That's just me. 
Um, but I saw her standing there. Ask me why it's kind of like a guilty pleasure track for me. Um, and that's just me personally. Please, please me is a great song that I really enjoy overall. And uh, love me do their first, you know, their first single. Um, you know, into um, I'm losing track of my, my train of thought already. <laughs> uh, love me do is just it's got like a bluesy harmonic in there. And uh, P.S. I love you. You know, and actually, people forget that Twist and Shout's a cover. And I just want to put that out there, guys. Twist and Shout is not a Beatles original song. It's a cover <laughs> of the Isley Brothers. Please just get that through everyone's head. Please just put that out there. Twist and Shout is not the Beatles. It is sung by John Lennon. It is arranged by Paul McCartney, but it is not their song. It is actually just like it is a cover. It is a great cover, though. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the best rock and roll songs of all time that they've ever done or anyone's ever done, in my opinion. But let's be real. It's a cover. And it's a great cover. Don't get me wrong, but it's a cover. Um. Yeah, so like for for me personally, go, go excuse me, go, go going through the ratings and stuff like that. Like as far as like rating the tracks and stuff like that, I saw her stand. Like it's hard to, for me, it was difficult because of the covers on here. Like the Anna go to him chains boys, you know, like songs like that are like they're hard for me to <clears throat> like digest. I guess more because I mean everyone when you think of the early Beatles, you think of I saw her standing there. You think of please please me. You think of love me do, and you know you think of P.S. I love you, but you don't really think of like you don't really think about like, and you might think of Twisted Shot because it was a big hit, but you don't really think about like the other songs on here. So there's a lot of filler, and that's that I want to just touch on that too. Is if you're listening to us, there, there was a lot of filler on a lot of the Beatles albums by other artists too, and I'm sure we'll touch on that as time goes on too. But uh, for me, my my standout tracks are "I Saw Her Standing There," uh, "Misery," "Please Please Me," "Love Me Do," and. Even though it's a cover, I'm going to throw Twist and Shout some credit there because it still gets people going. It still gets people moving to this day. Even at weddings and stuff like that, Twist and Shout just brings people, like, makes you all dance, you all clap along to it. It's a great, a really great rendition of Twist and Shout by the Beatles in this case. Um, but, yeah, that's just, that's I'm kicking this off then a little bit slow, but that's me. Um, let's have Mike go next. Mike, what about you? For uh, Please, please, what do you got? So if we're just, you know, obviously I want to rate just what the Beatles original material was, like you said. Um, yeah. If we're talking about a first album, usually first albums, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Sometimes like in a band's career, they, they do nothing. And then all of a sudden they explode out on the scene. In this album, you know, we have some some songs that are definitely memorable. I love me do, obviously. Do you want to know secrets? One of those songs that you've you've heard on commercials and um you know in other uh capacities and you know there's some other um some nice uh tracks on here um that like never like were the quintessential my go-to for the beatles sound i kind of like the beatles where they were the bass was heavier the the attitude was a little bit more there it wasn't so like kind of um you know um I wouldn't say stale, but I would say uh, um, one one note in their kind of delivery, uh, you know, a little more complexity um, in their sound and evolution of the sound. So um, as a first album, you have to give it props for um, having some, you know, just obviously like in the songs that were the originals, they had some good uh, songwriting. They had definitely had some good, um, you know, memorable um, stuff, but it's still... You know, <clears throat> in my eyes, this is an album that 
gives to the legacy of their ability to write songs more so than it is hey i'm gonna go turn on this album and this album exclusively like um in that it 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 doesn't hold up for me but uh as a contributing to their overall legacy of sound i mean uh love me do is one of my favorite songs from the beatles uh you know maybe not in the top like uh five or you know could it could um round out a 10 um you know but it's it's up there uh to one of those songs that i really enjoy and i'm surprised that it um i forget where it came in there their whole discography so it was interesting to see that this was the album the first came in i always thought it came a little bit later but um yeah so uh i'm assigning a number to the, uh, my albums but by all means don't uh um feel like you need to but um just for me um this album was like a six out of ten you know it just definitely uh uh where its original material was there it was good but like you know the covers are the covers if you like the covers and you're like, oh, I like their version better than their version, then it's for you, you know, but other than that, just, just rating the material and, you know, whatnot, um, you know, it's a good start. It's got a, some memorable songs, but overall, like um, not the album that I would turn on and listen to in its entirety, which is what my objective is for this is like, you know, as a whole standalone album, um, how consistent is it with being something you could listen to and, and feel memorable about so um yeah just like a good start for a band who's going to build a massive career all right and uh kyle my other beatles fanatic over here what do you got yeah so going into this was actually really interesting for me because uh i went through a pretty big beatles phase back in like high school <laughs> years ago uh so you know i have their whole discography i listened to it back in the day but other than like the hits and things like that and some uh, select albums here and there over the years i've kind of fallen off and not really listened to their specifically early material that much so it's very fun to go back and listen to it and uh yeah i completely agree with mike on this one what a way to come into the scene with this album as a first album it's super solid doing what it you know what it does for their legacy kind of setting them up uh, and I mean, especially coming in with I Saw Her Standing There being the first track here. It's great, but also unfortunate that this is the first track because it's really probably the best song on here. Uh, if we're going to be honest, about half of this album, if not slightly more, is filler and not great filler at that. Uh, the, the good songs on here, don't get me wrong, are absolutely fantastic. I saw her standing there, and I know their covers, but Boys and Twist and Shout, those are my three uh, three high points of this record. Uh, but there's so much forgettable things on here, like Anna, Go to Him, Chains, even some of the non-covers, you know, Misery, uh, things like that. But to me, there were three. When going through the albums, I tried to keep it to a three like highs and three lows to point out like max my three low points of this record were baby it's you really didn't like this this is awful and you're gonna see a trend here going through this i think i just don't like john lennon i don't really like john lennon's voice and that kind of throws me off a lot as we go through this uh, then we have ask me why that was another low point for me just didn't again didn't do anything. Didn't think it was that great. And then a taste of honey. Uh, I think a taste of honey is the worst thing on here. But again, you know, it's a good album. It sets the stage for what the Beatles would do. Would I 
seek to throw this on like Mike said? Probably not. Would I go back to the hits? Absolutely. Uh, some of them are some of the most iconic songs ever written. But uh, so what I'm going to do, I didn't assign any ratings like Mike did. I think we all kind of went into this a bit differently, the whole process. So I'm going to keep it kind of in our traditional career retrospectives, discography breakdown style. I'll just throw out where it lands in, dis- uh, in the entire discography for me. I think JT and Mike are going to do that at the end next time. So we'll all three have a full list at the end of the next video. But for me, this lands at number eight. It's not a bad album. At the time, it was groundbreaking for the songs that are good on it, but I just wouldn't I wouldn't go back and put it on as a full record. Absolutely. You heard it here first. So the, the, there goes our, their first record, which was Please Please Me in 1963. Um, you heard it here first. So now we're going to jump over to their next album, uh, which is, I have it pulled up here, which is with the Beatles. Uh, we can just see how it's like, the record business was back in the 60s. It's like, oh, it's the Beatles. It's Meet the Beatles. It's with the Beatles. It's Beatles for sale. We'll get that in a little bit. <laughs> you know, uh, definitely you're going to hear a lot of like some titles here and there of like, you know, how it is. But um, let's go to the track listing. I'll go first again for this one for the track listing here. If I can pull it up. Um, there are, uh, let me just read off the track listing first and I'll go to my, my favorites on the record as well. One second. Uh, if I can get it here. All right. So side one is it won't be long. Um, I've got to do all my loving. Uh, don't bother me, little child. Till there was you, uh, please, Mister Postman. And then side two is roll over Beethoven. Hold me tight. You really got a hold on me. I want to be your man. Devil in her heart. Not a second time. And money. That's what I want. Um. Going back and listening to this album from start to finish for me personally was a bit of a a trip down memory lane to mo- when I was when I listened. I, I similar to Kyle, I went through a small Beatles phase as well, like in high, actually in high school too, believe it or not. Um, and I was just, I said, you know, I, I haven't really listened to a lot of their stuff. Let me go back and see what I can listen to of what they what they put together. And a lot of my favorite earlier Beatles songs, the bigger I guess you could say hits, came off of this record, um, such as. You know, all my loving is a big highlight for me on this one. Um, well, uh, where was I just had it? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I I have heard "I Want to Be Your Man" live. Um, I heard actually Paul McCartney do the one night live, not not Ringo Starr. Um, but outside of you know, it won't be long and all my loving and um, oh, where is it? Uh, I want to be your man. Th- th- these songs are not that like again. It, it's kind of like copy repeat from the first album to an extent with like you know, a lot of covers. Some filler, but the filler in this case, I felt like was a little bit better in my opinion. Like you had songs like, um, you know, please, Mister Postman, which is a cover of the 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 um, the Marvelettes, I believe it's the name of their the name of their group. Uh, the yeah, the Marvelettes. Yep, they were a Motown group, and this is when like the British Invasion was covering Motown era songs for the time being too. Like you really got a hold on me by Smokey Robinson, covered by the Beatles. Um, it, you know, I prefer their version. A little bit better than Smokey's, but Smokey's is still very good as well. I did see Smokey Robinson live actually in 2022. Um, it was great. Um, and and I gotta say, "Roll Over Beethoven" by Chuck, the Chuck Berry cover that George Harrison plays lead vocal on. This is actually a sub. It's it's surprisingly like I love Chuck's original version from the 50s, but I think the Beatles. 
especially in there, I, I feel like I'm going to mention this a little bit more when it comes to hard, when we get to Hard Day's Night and the Beatles for sale. Um, but like, or just have their first couple of records. Like, given that there was so much filler on there, a lot of the a lot of the songs on these, a lot of the covers on here, I feel like when the Beatles covered like Long Tall Sally or Roll Over Beethoven or like just these other songs from like the 50s and early 60s, and then they they basically rehashed the song into their own version. I think they did them a little bit better here and there. I mean, not all the covers were great. Like uh, we, we you you just heard our first re- our, our reaction to their first album. Um, but by no stretch of the imagination was this like I think the cover they doubled down on the covers in a better way here. Like Roll Over Beethoven, you really got a hold on me. It was actually really good covers on their part. Um, but please, Mister Postman, as well. But their original material I think is really good too. All my loving. Um, actually, the George Harrison pen song "Don't Bother Me." Actually, that was a nice touch there. Uh, Hold me tight, and I want to be your man. So this they they, they kind of doubled down on what they did for their with "Please Please Me," but they at the same exact time that they made it so like the, a, a little bit stronger of a record, like you know, being that it was their second record, of course. But they they kind of doubled down on what they did, but they made some of the songs a little bit better, in my opinion. So that's me. But my standout tracks are. All my loving, uh, I would say. Also, the, I believe it or not, the covers of "Please, Mr. Postman," "Roll Over Beethoven," hold, "You You Really Got a Hold on Me," and "I Want to Be Your Man." Um, mainly because I heard oh, "I Want to Be Your Man" live. Um, it was just a great, you know, hear, hearing hearing and seeing Paul McCartney. If you have the chance to see him live while you can, do it. It's like a great experience. I mean, hearing the, the Beatles songs live in general is just a great touch. So, um, but those are my standout tracks for uh, with the Beatles. Mike, let's jump over to you. So you're this is their second album going into it. What do you got? No, actually, uh, interesting enough, I felt a dip in my like kind of favor for this album. Uh, knew less of the songs. Um, I liked the music. The music is good, but like when it came to something that really stuck with me, like it's a good it's a good album to put on and just kind of listen to. Um, wouldn't say indirectly, but passively. Um, and it kind of has some pleasant tunes, you know, and I actually really liked the cover that till there was you, um, you know, that was, that was like, but it wasn't the Beatles. It, it, a lot of this felt like, um, you know, just kind of uh, different styles of music that were going on at the time that they were kind of showcasing, you know, you got Billy Rock with, you know, the Roll Over Beethoven cover you got, um, you know, till there was you has a very kind of, uh, um, you know, has just a certain quality to it that uh, captures, you know, um, you know, the music of the time, you know, almost, yeah, like what they call it show tune kind of feel to it. But, um, you know, when it comes to like that real, like memorable song, there wasn't too many on this, uh, that I would really, uh, um, say stuck with me as much as like the first one I noticed songs and, um, I enjoyed the, you know, the different the trip they were kind of going on, um, with different, the different styles of music. Um, so for me, like standout tracks, you know, obviously, um, really, I kind of like the start of the album. Uh, it won't be long. Um, that was a good uh, track. Um, uh, you know, uh, Hold Me Tight, you know, a decent track. But, you know, for me, this album had less of the kind of the Beatles um, familiarity that I uh, was hoping I would find, especially on a second album. So, um, yeah. So, you know, obviously I don't have my ranking here, but uh um, liked it less than the first album, so five out of ten for me. And um, you know, uh, yeah, I just kind of uh, was surprised that the first album had more memorable stuff than the second, and uh, was kind of like, hmm, interesting. Could this be 
um, a trend that eventually they break out of and head towards uh, um, some of the songs that I've grown up listening to and I was kind of interested to listen on. So, um, yeah, five out of ten for me on that. Sweet. And let's jump over to Kyle. What do you what do you got for uh, with the Beatles? I'm in the same boat as Mike here. Uh, I didn't <laughs> care for this one as much as the first one, uh, which shocked me as well. But I think for this one, the highs just don't hit as high as the first record did. The filler is even more forgettable on here. The bad songs are worse. Uh, the covers on this one, I didn't think were as good as the first album and that sang songs. I didn't think for the most part they were great on that one. Uh, I mean, some highlights here. Please, Mr. Postman. I, that's a cover that works. I like that one quite a bit. Um, Roll over Beethoven. It's good. But again, it's it's not all too different from like it, Chuck Berry's version. You know, like it's it's there. It's a cover. And this is not the fault of the Beatles by any you know stretch. This is just kind of what the music industry was at the time. The 50s and 60s were very much you put out an album, half of it's going to be covers. That's just the way it was. Um, and, you know, some hit, some don't. This album really didn't. Um, it's really not a any evolution of sound here. It's very much just copy and paste ideas from the first album. And again, this came out the same year. So that's not too surprising. Uh, but really, it feels kind of rushed at times. Uh other high points uh, all i've got to do i like that one a lot um same uh, is mike till uh till there was you that was a great song that was really good i mean but you want to talk low points the lows on this were pretty low uh little child hated that really bad um devil in her heart one of my least favorite beatles tracks and uh money that's what i want terrible album closer uh those are the main three ones I would single out as songs I just don't like. But as a whole, this is towards the bottom of the list of albums for me. This goes all the way down at like number 12, 12 out of 13 here. It's it's a pretty big sophomore slump. And like Mike said, some of the songs just they're not as not as recognizable, not as big hits. All right, you heard it here first. Let's jump over to their next record, which was a hard day's night. One and actually, I, I just want to say for those of you watchers live, I do have this album, and I, the, the reason and I, and I listened to it on vinyl, like countless times over. This this might be my favorite like Beatles, pre like Rubber Soul pre Revolver album personally because it's just like it's got like it's it's also based on the movie that they had too, like the Hard Day's Night film. Um, so they because they wanted to do like the film. And this was the soundtrack for it, but I, I do, I love, there's so many great songs on this record. I'm going to get to it in a second, but. It was like um, free Taylor Swift releasing a movie. And yeah. Being like, uh, you know, like a music via soundtrack for it or whatever. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, Now the Beatles, hold on one second. Now we're jumping over the track listing for Hard Day's Night right now. So now we have a Hard Day's Night. I should have known better. If I fell, I'm just happy to dance with you. Um, and I love her. Tell me why. And can't buy me love. Um, side two is any time at all. I'll cry instead. The things we said, uh, sorry, things we said today. When I get home, you can't do that. And I'll be back. Um, you know, I'm going to go first again, of course, because that's the way we're rolling tonight. 
Um, so for me personally, this is a, I would say this is a strong, a much stronger record. I thought, I feel like this is where John and Paul kind of came into like their, their actual like songwriting team, if you will, because there's no covers on this record on a hard day's night. There's no covers. It's a hard day's night. It's can't buy me love. It's, uh, you can't do that. It's, and I love her. You know, there's so many great songs. There's a really lot some of my favorite Beatles, like free psychedelic Beatles songs on here are on this record. Um, such as such as Hard Day's Night, and I love, like, I mean, he, the very first song when I first saw Paul McCartney live, the very first song I heard was A Hard Day's Night. So that's an immediate standout track for me personally. Um, but yeah, so A Hard Day's Night, my standout tracks are A Hard Day's Night, um, um, and I love her. Such like a, a great like just a quiet Beatles song, like almost like solidifying like the acoustic, you know sound if you will um like the um just it's just a just you know george harrison george harrison's guitar playing just being like do 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 and the, without that introduction it would that song never would have been like what it is and i love that track and i love her it's a great song um can't buy me love great song um the things we said today you can't do that uh side two is a little bit like weaker in my opinion um, but it's at least it's still written by Lennon McCartney and or written at least by and at least two. And there's no covers. That's the point, though. There's no covers on this record. Um, but yeah, like just I'm to me, this is when like the Beatles started really coming into their own of like of, hey, you know, let's just not just not not a, not not like a, officially into their own. Like, oh, like then like not like revolver rubber soul type of like get but or even Sergeant Pepper for that matter. But the very fact of the Beatles having um, like just Lennon McCartney writing a lot of the songs on there and having George Harrison, you know, sing a couple of tracks here, or Ringo Starr sing a couple of tracks here, you know, having them sing, sorry, have, really having the Lennon McCartney officially come into play here was a really big up for me personally. And I, I really, I really enjoy this one, listening to it more and more again. Um, out of all of the pre like rubber soul Beatles albums, this probably probably would be my favorite, I have to say, of like the original, like before they went, you know, psychedelic and did drugs and all that stuff. That's probably my this is probably my favorite. I have to say that. But yeah, like I said, Hard Day's Night, and I love her. Can't buy me love. Uh, and actually, you can't do that for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but just that one. Just I like that one a lot. Let's just put it that way. So, um, but anyways, Mike, what do you got for um a Hard Day's Night? Yeah, oh, man, this is exactly what I was looking for when I came into uh, listening to the Beatles albums. Like, um, probably have a lapse of memory of of listening to a full album of theirs outside of like obviously the um, the White Album or you know like Abbey Road or any of that. But um, I may have listened to this in the past and just kind of forgot about it. But uh, this is this album is like super solid. It's got a lot of good tracks got a lot of memorable tracks for me um and it just kind of it i felt the filler on this was very very little compared to you know their previous efforts um you know hard days night can't buy me love two of my i mean definitely in the top uh 10 if not peeking into um possibly a top five for um hard days night i think i'm gonna say it it's one of my top five songs from them um it's definitely up there uh, you know, can't find a great song. Um, um, and if I fell, I really, really liked that song. I forgot about that song. Um, mm. 
uh, how good I like that. I just had the 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 mood of it has a kind of a somber mood. I like that um uh that kind of um from the Beatles. It's this album feels a little more uh likely to explore some of those more somber elements in their written original material versus like a cover um i like uh um i like that and i love her great song has like a kind of a, a floating kind of uh you know serenading feel to it um this whole first uh side is really solid um one thing I got to mention, and you begin to see this throughout some of their albums in the very beginning, the lyrics that specifically John Lennon writes are super creepy when it comes to like that yeah. guy that's like trying to control a woman and like, you're going to do what I say. I'm like, I'll, you know, like it, it, I began to like see some of those um, things and, and, you know, this album, next album, so on and so forth that uh, just really i was just like man this is uh it it definitely makes me like wonder about him and like i know he's got a, a story past of uh you know, domestic issues and whatnot and uh like you begin to see like i can see where someone would gain that kind of thing but some of the lyrics about like you know when i get home and all this kind of stuff and it's just like you know uh i didn't realize that. i never really understood that about the beatles like you know i like have a had a vision of them being these paranoid, uh, like you're gonna love me whether you know you like it or not, kind of a um, you know, message that they send. And uh, later on in some albums, you really see some scary lyrics that like could even be on a heavy metal album, like you could probably do a cover and, and people would be like, Whoa, that's brutal! Like, no, that's the Beatles, but anyway, uh, you know, um, uh, you get to the second side, you know, and I'll cry instead anytime at all, anytime at all is a good song, solid start. I'll cry instead. Eh, things we said today. Um, decent. Um, the end of this album is a little uh, um, lackluster. Um, um, definitely not my favorite. But the at the end. But I mean, this whole album is solid. Um, so for me, I'm I'm struggling between an eight and eight point five. Uh, for this one, I'm gonna go eight for now, just because uh, um. It's definitely one of those albums that I feel like has a lot of memorable songs that are on their official, you know, uh, their greatest hits and uh, that I just personally feel like it's a really strong album uh, to uh, be one of the ones that could even meet alongside the other albums that, uh, you know, they were known for. Yeah. And now we um, jump over to Kyle. What do you got for a hard day's night, buddy? Yeah, I mean, we all seem to be in pretty much agreement on this one. This is definitely a huge step up from the album before this. Uh, you know, the fact there's no covers on here, JT completely agreed. Seems like they really got into their, you know, into their lane with the uh, Lennon-McCartney songwriting team. They really uh, stepped that up. I mean, that intro with a hard day's night, that intro chord there, it's perfect. I mean, that's one of the most iconic moments in music to the point where nobody has been able to replicate that since. Um, also agree, this is front-loaded. Uh, the side one is significantly better than side two. I mean, in terms of highs here, you got Hard Day's Night and I Love Her and Can't Buy Me Love are my top three here, all from side one. I'm going to have to disagree with Mike on If I Fell. I know, I mean, Mike <laughs> disagreeing is a 
pretty common thing, but not really into that one. But the only other song other than that that I actively don't like, which may be an unpopular opinion with some Beatles fans, is Anytime at All. You know, a lot of people really like that one. Just kind of annoys the hell out of me. I think John Lennon <laughs> just sounds annoying as hell on it. Uh, and yeah, this is the album where, like Mike said, you do start to really hear some of John Lennon's creepy ass lyrics that did not age well, especially in music like this. And this album really did cement them as the true first boy band, though. Uh, and I would say this is the first album of theirs that is an iconic album and it's an actual solid album from start to finish. The filler is still there, but it's not as boring or as bad as previous albums was. So, I mean, for me, this this fits in number six on their discography overall. All righty. You heard it here first. Uh, now let's jump over from A Hard Day's Night to uh, Beatles for Sale. Uh, terrible album name. I mean, it just, but again, it was like the, it was the record company back in the 60s. Let's be real. Um, let's jump down to their track listing for a second here, if I can find it. And just to kind of comment on what Kyle said, uh, it's interesting to see what years they were um, released on, like on the same year as another album. Like you could tell, like they definitely were being and um, pushed to like release music uh, in a quick way because I feel like um, you know, when you're capturing um, the phenomenon of uh, of trends in music and like the the buzz and stuff like that. I feel like um, you get more time when you're a legacy artist who has a lot of fans waiting on the album. You know, you can, you can spend more time writing, but if you're like going to, if you're going to capture like the, the music um, age and you're, you want to make sure you, uh, you know, don't let um, something go out of style. You know, things were going out of style pretty quick. And at this point I, and you, and you think Mm -hmm. that today it's even worse. Um, But back then, you know, it's still, there still was this like, oh, this is um, rock and roll is really big. And then it's like, then it shifts, you know, into less more different uh, elements that people are finding, you know, they like. So um, just kind of interesting to see the time, you know, the years release, you know, all that and, kind of thing. And yeah, so that actually is something that we, is very common for them, but we also saw that um, in a previous discography breakdown, JT and I did, Mike, I think it was before, you were with us for that, but the Van Halen one. Oh, yep. Where mm. the quality of overall albums really suffers from that mindset, though, where it's mm. all right, keep writing stuff, keep pushing, even if it's not the best work. Um, but also, I do want to say in A Hard Day's Night, the song, I might forgot to point this out, the song I should have known better, the harmonica intro to that is exactly the same as. Mm green days hold on like they lifted that harmonica intro almost note for note i want anyone listening i want you two to go back after this and check out those two songs side by side and it is insanely similar so it is cool i feel like hard day's night is that album though where it did start like you could hear influence you know you could hear the influence that that album had on bands even today Hmm. yeah Absolutely. Um, all right, let me get down to uh, the track listing here for um, Beatles for Sale. Um, we're this back one has to a cover. We're back to the covers, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so we, uh, side one is No Reply, I'm a Loser, uh, Babies in Black, Rock and Roll Music, cover of Chuck Berry. I'll Follow the Sun. I'll get to that in a minute. Mr. Moonlight in Kansas City. Hey, hey, hey. Um, 
Side two is eight days a week. Words of love, honey, don't every little thing. I don't excuse me. Um, I don't want to spoil the party. What you're doing, everybody's trying to be my baby, and then that is the end of the record there. Um, man, so I'll go first again. So this is this is how we're rolling tonight. Um, we're kind of back to the covers here on Beatles for Sale. Um, it's definitely, I mean, it's not a it, it, yeah, yeah, there's a Chuck Berry cover here, yeah, there's a Buddy Holly cover here. Um, same exact time though, there are some really good, really just really good songs by them in general. I actually forgot about I Follow the Sun. Um, I really like that one a lot. It's a nice little ballad that, like, you know, McCartney sung on, um, with you know, the, the, again, the, the, the it's funny. The writing team of John Lennon and Paul McCartney really show shined here, but what I think where this album kind of fell, uh, kind of lacked a little bit was some of the covers, unfortunately, because it, it to me it, it kind of echoes what Kyle was just saying too, and what Mike was just saying as well. Like with the record industry at the time, it's like oh, just keep pumping out content, keep keep going, go, keep going, keep going. You know, not not many musicians can write that quickly and that effectively that that quickly, and that. Good. Um, so they had to put some covers on here too that they did, which was um of rock and roll music for Chuck Berry, Mr. Moonlight by Roy Lee Johnson, uh, Words of Love by Buddy Holly, you know, Honey Don't, these are you know by Carl Perkins. These are songs that they had to cover. I feel that they were a little bit like not not necessarily a rush, but they were like, Hey, you know, we 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 don't have enough material, so let's do a couple of covers instead. That's kind of what the vibe I got from them with uh Beatles for sale. It's, it's still a good record overall. Um, you know, with such songs like you know, "Off All the Sun," I was mentioning Eight Days a Week" is a great song. It's, it's just like, you know, it's not like it's like it's imaginative, imaginative wordplay. Uh, oh, there's there's not seven, there's only seven days a week. No, there's actually eight days a week. <laughs> it's actually funny if you listen to the Beatles channel on Sirius XM. By the way, their big thing is that they have they have every little thing playing twenty four eight on their channel, not twenty four seven, but twenty four eight. I don't know if you guys ever knew that, but that's just a little fun fact for you. Um, it's kind of just saying something funny. So, but yeah, um, it's funny. Like, so, like my standard tracks on this one actually are all, "I'll Follow the Sun" and eight days a week. And I, I'm ten, I, I'm tentative to put rock and roll music to cover from Chuck Berry in there because I love that song a lot. But I, I'm just not sure if I'd put like, you know, a, I mean, when you when you're coming off of a hard day's night and you go into this, it's like, all right, well. It's got some good stuff on it. Don't get me wrong, but the covers kind of, like I said, the covers kind of weigh it down a little bit because it's not like not all John Lennon and all Paul McCartney, you know, writing it. So that's just me. Um, but I, I'll, I'll just say that my standard tracks are going to be "I'll Follow the Sun" in eight days a week, as well as um, excuse me, um, as well as as well as "I'm a Loser." I remember so clearly on on the Beatles channel, Billy Joel took over. On the Beatles channel, he was like literally talking for like eight hours straight about every single Beatles song. It was kind of funny, actually. And he talked about I'm a loser. And he's like, this song is just about a guy down in his luck. I'm like, well, it's called I'm a loser. So what do you expect? <laughs> so um, but it was just interesting to hear like him talk about that one. But yeah, so yeah, bottom line, my standard tracks are I'll follow the sun and uh, eight days a week. Just kind of like solidifying like where the Lennon McCartney like songs are but the covers kind of like i said the covers just weigh down a little bit i mean you know that, that's kind of where i'm at but uh mike what do, what do you got about for beatles for sale um so kind of coming into this uh i think this album's not good 
I'll just be honest with you. It has a lot of twangity twang country feel to it and a lot of tracks. Um, I'll Follow the Sun is actually pretty uh, solid song. It's a little too short, a little underdeveloped. It's 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 a it's a nice tune though. Like, um, kind of has that um you know folk feel to it, which um I do like that side of the Beatles. You know I do like that the like the feel of that from the previous album. But there's just a lot of um just a lot of just not good music on this. Uh, you know it's um very dated feeling. Eight days a week is a solid solid song that's one of the best songs uh you know on this and also you know uh um just a great song in general um it's a shame that like um could you imagine if like instead of rushing the beatles into this um kind of or they rushed themselves or who what however it happened imagine if eight days a week was on the previous album um and i'll follow the sun holy smokes like uh that 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 would have really like you know, just thinking, oh, yeah, instead of releasing this album and they could have pumped out those songs on that and could have created like Hard Day's Night would have been, uh, you know, probably, you know, one of the best albums they've ever put out um, right up there with the, the top, you know, stuff. So um, but yeah, overall, yeah, it's just just one of those albums I personally just just um couldn't take much away that I really liked. Uh, I, I found myself having trouble paying attention, um, remembering songs, having to go back and listen to it. And like, um, yeah, eight days a week, um, uh, I'll follow the sun pretty much are the only songs I really took away from it. The rest of it was like, you know, it was there. Um, but, um, yeah, so this was a four out of 10, uh, for me and, uh, you know, um, definitely, one of the worst albums that I was listening to so far, including their first album, which, you know, like didn't have as near as many tracks, you know? Yeah. Yep. And let's jump over to Kyle. What do you got, Kyle? I feel like we're all in the same boat here on this one. Uh, Mike, I'm with you. Um, this is the only Beatles album that I would say is objectively bad. This is not a good album like musically it's not there eight days a week carries this album so hard there's a reason that that's really the only song that you would see mentioned in any kind of greatest hits for the beatles the only other song on here that stands out to me honestly is the cover of rock and roll music and that's just because it's a fun song it's just a fun rocking song i'll follow the sun i could see it being a good song if it like Mike said, it's not like it doesn't feel like it's a fully fleshed out idea. Like, I wish that it kind of was longer and had a bit more to it. Uh, but I mean, it, this has some of the worst things they've ever done. I mean, that cover of Mr. Moonlight, awful, horrendous. And Words <laughs> of Love, another cover, awful, can't stand it. It just has so much like cheese. It's a huge step backwards for them. And at this point, I'm just so like sick of this sound. It's just been the same thing almost now for four albums. And here it's just, it doesn't have that quality that the one before it did, or even the two before it, before that one. So, I mean, for me, this is the worst. This is my least favorite Beatles album. This is number 13. Um, honestly, when I listened back to this album for the first time in years, I had completely forgotten. Of, I would say about 85% of this album until I re-listened to it. And even now, I'm struggling to remember how half of these songs go. It's just very forgettable. 
<laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's that's it for Beatles for sale. Let's jump over to their next album, which was Help. I need somebody. Help. Help me. Help. Help. I'm just kidding. I'm waiting to do that for a long time. Um, Help was in 19, August of 1965. Uh, one second. Let me just pull it down here. Back to the track listing for a second. Uh, if I can get it. Here we go. All right. Track listing away. Here we go. Um, help. The night before, you got to hide your love away. I need you. Another girl. You're going to lose that girl and ticket to ride. That's side one. Side two is Act Naturally, which was a cover for, with Ringo Starr singing. It's only love. Um, you like me too much. Tell me what you see. I've just seen a face yesterday and dizzy Miss Lizzie. Uh, I'm going to go first again, given that I've been going first this entire time on each one of these. So here we go. Um, my, I, I like the fact that there's only two covers on this album in general. I'm very, very. I, I actually I thought Act Naturally. I, I knew Dizzy Miss Lizzie. I knew Dizzy Miss Lizzie was a cover. But I didn't realize. I, I didn't realize that Act Naturally was a cover. So that being said, I going into it, I was like, all right. I kind of know what I'm getting into. Like I know help. I know tickets are right. But listening to it all the way through, I was like, man, yeah, this is just really like just solid. Like it, it, I think I feel like the Beatles learned. I feel like especially John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they learned, hey, if we write our own music, we'll be able to come into our own as you know singer songwriters etc so my standard tracks are help uh you've got to hide your love away i've always loved that song i've always loved that track there you've got to hide your love away um uh, you're you're gonna lose that girl has always been like a fun one for me at least it's like i i love it and ticket to ride is just really just a fun uh, you know she's got I love it i love that song so much uh it's just a great song overall um uh, on side two, the 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 two the two bigger tracks that actually stand out to me personally are "I've Just Seen a Face" and uh, "Yesterday." Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, "Yesterday" is actually, as to my knowledge, is the most covered song in music history, as far as I know. Like, there's been over like a thousand covers of "Yesterday." Um, so, and it was like it was a number one hit for them, in like you know, back in the '60s too. But it's, I did hear Paul McCartney sing it live the first time I saw him. So, and that was just a, a really great thing to have him like to have him sing yesterday. Like, just a really great touch overall. Um, I, I I definitely like how George Harrison's brought up a little bit more here. Like, how I Need You is a song by George Harrison. Like, it's like it's not just all Lennon McCartney. It's all like, it's actually George Harrison is shown here too. Ringo Starr is actually singing on a track here, which is nice. So you're kind of like you're, it's it's all McCartney and all Lennon, but. You know, George's the George songs are there, and so is the Ringo Stars songs too. A uh, song too, excuse me. So, but yeah, um, like I said, so my standout tracks are "Help," uh, "You Got to Hide Your Love Away," um, "Ticket to Ride," uh, I, I've just seen a face, and and yesterday I forgot. I, I I really forgot how much I enjoyed these song these these songs that just pop out to me in general. I've always enjoyed those songs more than I thought I did, and I'm glad that I. I'm glad that we were able to do this creative side breakdown and kind of bring back some of the songs that I didn't realize that I forgot they were there, truthfully. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, like I said, my Santa tracks are help. You've got to hide your love away. Uh, Ticket to Ride 
uh, I've just seen a face in yesterday. So those are my standard tracks. The rest of the album is very good, um, but it's not like it, it, and and where they went afterwards. You you have to wait and see in a second. But it's just it's this is kind of like them. You can tell like they're kind of like branching off of like their their comfort zone, if you will. Um, if you in, in that aspect. So, but um, Mike, what do you got for help? Yeah, um, definitely we're keeping the ball rolling with uh, you know, memorable tracks, um, you know, variation and and some of the the good you know kind of stuff you can remember. I really think we should all do a re like a reimagining of the album cover. You know, us we can all dress in those outfits. If you guys are down? Just let me know. I mean, we can uh, make this happen. Okay, so um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, let's just make it happen, guys. Come on um yeah so uh start at the beginning i mean yeah help i mean iconic um you gotta hide your love away feels like that kind of uh feels like a war song i mean you'd you'd sing during like a uh i um you know some kind of uh you know ex you know like anti-war kind of song i don't know but it's not about it but the tone of it reminds me of something like bob dylan would do you know uh, minus bob dylan's voice thank god um uh yeah no one no one really wants to be subject to that no offense all the bob dylan fans i'm sure i'm gonna leave an angry uh brick to the this the window with a note on it because let's be honest bob dylan fans aren't big on the digital world but um yeah so uh help i mean you gotta hide your love away um a ticket to ride a great song i mean that's one of the top uh, Beatles songs in there um uh, I love that act naturally song. It's a funny song, even if it's a cover. Um, it's great. Uh, I, I always listen to that and just get a kick out of it, you know. And it's like the first idea of putting out a song like that, you know, where you're just being self, you know, self deprecation. Um, uh, you know, uh, yesterday iconic. Um, I've just seen a face. Another song. A lot of people have done covers of um it's just got a lot of uh memorable songs on it um just a hair under uh hard day's night for me but like still i mean just track after track of like um you know iconic songs there's a couple songs in there um that you know uh you know once again uh the creepy lyrics of uh you're gonna lose that girl uh just feeling like weird and just um you know uh, the the Lennon creep creepiness continues on you know um uh you know and there's a couple other little bit of you know tracks in here that just really um you know don't do anything for me the night before um and so on but still major iconic uh um song so 7.5 to 8 uh just shy under uh hard day's night um but definitely uh, i mean like now we're starting to hit our stride we're starting to meet reach reach that point where uh Beatles are putting some major songs under their belt and um, leaving that kind of uh, um, legacy behind where every album you look forward to these like songs that are just going to live on year after year, after decade after decade. Well said. And Kyle, what do you got? Uh, it's, a, it's a good album. I don't think it's, I wouldn't put it near their best but it does have some iconic songs. I mean, you guys have already mentioned Help, Ticket to Ride. Uh, I mean, Yesterday, I, to me, Yesterday is a huge turning point for not only the band, but I think Paul McCartney himself. 
this is kind of the first song that sounds different. You know what I mean? Like up until this song, everything they've done had that same like boy bandy sound, like early 60s. And then you get this with just a nice, just a really nice song. And I feel like it's the first song that I think is like a truly well written. Not that the other ones weren't, because there's some of the other like best songs of all time were on the other albums. But this one I feel like is a true like masterpiece of songwriting. All credit to you know uh, Paul McCartney on that one. And this album also has one of, I think, the most underrated Beatles songs. I don't think it's talked about enough in I've Just Seen a Face. That is such a good track. It really doesn't get as much attention as it deserves. Uh, But, I mean, for me, this album, it's pretty on par, I think, with their first one in terms of quality. And there's a lot of filler on it that I'm not too into. Then just some songs I just don't care for. I mean, I don't really like The Night Before. Um what's the other one i need you and it's only love really don't do it for me uh and then there's some other just fillers on here but i agree with mike Uh, act naturally fun song really fun like just goofy thing uh i'm i'm uh, pretty partial to the songs that ringo Starr sings i think (laughs) all the songs he does just have just a fun goofy vibe going on and i love it but i mean so yeah overall it's you know, kind of toss up whether I prefer this one or their first album, but I think as a whole, I have to have to put it right under their first one at number nine, just because of the uh, the cultural impact and how iconic and what it did for music history that first record. All right. Well, now we're approaching the end of our part one of the Beatles' career discography breakdown. Uh, with we're gonna get to Rubber Soul right now. Uh, Rubber Soul was December 3rd, 1965. The album is almost 60 years old. Um, hard to believe, but it's true. Let's get to their track listing for a sec of Rubber Soul. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? There's a lot of forget me, the, the, the Wikipedia page is so much like history on those songs and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. So um, just a quick backstory while I'm getting to it. The. Uh, this is where the Beatles stopped touring the U.S. and they said, "They said, you know, we we can stop touring, and we can just put out, we can make an album that, you know, it's not just a bunch of filler, not just, but as a, an album that can be can be a complete statement. Uh, that's the best way I've ever heard about the album, this album itself. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here's the track listing right now. So, and so some of my favorite Beatles songs in general are on this record too. But let's get right to it, shall we? So, um. The original, uh, the, the North American release here, because uh, I got it right here. Sorry, one sec. There we go. All right. Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood, This Bird Has Flown, um, You Won't See Me, Nowhere Man, Think For Yourself, The Word, and Michelle. That is side one. That is just side one of the Beatles uh, album, Rubber Soul. Let's go to side two is What Goes On. Uh, Girl, I'm Looking Through You. Uh, in my life, uh, wait, and if I needed someone, and run for your life. These are, um, oh, and um, also, sorry. Uh, also, I've just seen a face was also it was on help, but they also put it on this record too in the North American release. So, um, wait, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. But yeah, um, man, you want to talk about a transitional time period in music history for any artist ever? 
going from an album like Help, which had like you know some of the some really good like very good songs on it, to going from there to this, what a transition! What a big transition of just making an album. What we now know today is oh, that's a great album. It's not just a collection of songs. It's not just it's not just a bunch, a bunch of singles that get bundled into an album. It's an album. Uh, it's a complete statement. And this one solidified that for me, at least. So my standout tracks are Drive My Car. Um, uh, you Won't See Me, I actually heard live, which was great. Um, uh, for, whatever reason, for whatever reason, what goes on always sticks out to me. By Ring with, with Ringo on the vocals. I love that one. Uh, in My Life is in my top 25 favorite songs. Sorry, my top 30 favorite songs of all time in my life. Um, just up there for me. It's just an, it's just an incredible song. Uh, my grandmother, it's my grandmother's favorite song too, of, of theirs too. So, and I, and I, that has a very special place in my heart for that one. Uh, Wait, if I needed someone. Um, you know, it's just, it, this is the part where the Beatles became the Beatles, in my opinion. They weren't just a club band, they weren't just a, oh, let's release an album with like a couple of singles and the rest is filler. This is a complete statement record. And I, I mean, the ones I mentioned are like my 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 like my super like I love those tracks I go back to them all the time kind of thing, but like, drive my car Norwegian wood, you know you won't see me nowhere man. And this is as I said this is where an album became an album for many people for generations to come. Uh, it started right here in my opinion at least. So that's kind of where I sit. Um, but yeah, I just I love this record. It's one of my favorite Beatles albums in general. Um, and my and in my life is just so like the the fact that George Martin played the piano in that solo there, just just a great just great solo overall great great song great just great everything in general. I love this record so much. And when I was playing it on my turntable, uh, getting ready for our stream, you know, over the past week or two, I was like, man, I forgot how, I forgot how good I forgot how good like this album is as 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 a, as a record just as a whole collection of songs that are really just coming to their own. And plus this is where the songs get a little bit longer too. Like you won't see me is three minutes, three minutes and 18 seconds. And like they, they, they start pushing boundaries a little bit more. Like, Hey, Hey, let's have a song go a little bit quicker. Let's have this song go a little bit longer. Let's have this, this type of sound Norwegian wood. It's funny, man, that, but, but you know, Mike just mentioned Bob Dylan, but Bob Dylan was a big influence on that song. Actually. I don't know if you knew that, but that's, you can kind of hear Lennon like diversifying his lyrics, his lyrics more and more as time goes on. Um, but yeah, this is just a great record overall. Uh, the one the songs I listed are my my favorite tracks off the record, but my God, this is just a a phenomenal record. I mean, Mike, I'm curious what you have to say about this one, though. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. Um, so you really get that bassy kind of '70s feel from this album. Uh, this is 1965, which is crazy because, uh, I mean, they were really setting uh, the precedent for what was to come in in the kind of funky, kind of groovy, uh, you know, uh, stuff of the '70s um, would offer. You know, it's, it kind of like "Drive My Car" just has that feeling. A great song, corny. Definitely a kind of yeah, some cheesy like you know woo 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 you know like almost reminded me of uh like the seventies uh um you know kind of uh you know at the car wash kind of thing um but it was actually uh it definitely is setting a tone for what's to come uh you know Norwegian Woods got that kind of very folky feel to it um 
you know, solid songs. Um, um, and then, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, and I'm going to upset a lot of Beatles fans when I say uh, that this album, uh, it, it was hit or miss for me, uh, songs wise. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people would would probably like, you know, want to burn me for that. But, um, you know, after that, Nowhere Man, ah, you know, um, think for yourself. OK, it's decent. Um, you know, it's kind of rounded out that first side. Um, you know, and coming into that side, too, uh, in my life, uh, great song. And I mean, that's a really solid song. Um, this is a, this, this across the board. This album has a lot of good music to it. Would I say the music is super memorable? Like, um, you know, it's going to get stuck in your head and you're going to have like, uh, you know, be humming and singing those songs throughout your day i wouldn't say uh it has more of that than it does it has less um but it uh it's just a well-written album solid i wouldn't say it's iconic in a lot of uh, its memorability but i would say it's definitely got some some cool songs obviously like i said drive my car norwegian wood uh in my life um you know uh those are like my solid tracks the rest of them for me were just kind of okay they weren't uh great they weren't bad they uh definitely were um you know uh well done but um not as memorable as the previous uh couple albums that i came across so um, i gave this a six out of ten uh you know gasp that uh a lot of people would be like uh kill this man take him off the internet um, you know, Anthony Fantano might want to uh, stab me in the eye. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's just it's got some solid stuff, but it's just not super memorable for me. Um, good, good album, though. Like, it's solid. All right. That's Mike's uh, take. Kai, what do you got for Rubber Soul? Mike, I'm one of those people. Uh, we have to burn Mike at the stake right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this album. This album is, I think, where the Beatles first finally wrote a truly great album, not just a collection of songs that has a few really incredible songs scattered in here. This one actually feels like a collective thought. It is a, yes, it's a collection of songs, obviously, but it is cohesive from beginning to end. Am I going to say it's flawless? No, it's it's not. I mean, the first three tracks, Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood, and You Won't See Me, are so good. But then it does hit a weird little middle patch here. And I mean, Nowhere Man, Think For Yourself, pretty forgettable. The Word, straight up hate that song. That is a horrendous <laughs> song. Just more John Lennon, hippie, lyric, garbage, terrible. Michelle, nice song, though. Nice track. Not one of the best, but good this is one of the rare circumstances i think the only time i'd say this about the beatles it is so backloaded this album mm. usually the beatles throw all their best stuff up front on the record but side two on this one is vastly better to me other with the exception of girl which i don't like what goes on is good but that run of songs from i'm looking through you to run for your life is the best run of songs i think on any beatles album like consistently back to back to back. I mean, I'm looking through you is fantastic in my life is one of my favorite songs ever written. I think it's objectively one of the best songs out there. Um, 
and run for your life. Uh, this is a very creepy John Lennon <laughs> song. Let's not lie, but it's so good. It's so catchy. It has no business being as catchy and fun as it is. <laughs> and there's no business. I like how you say that. It doesn't. It sounds like a song. And hear me out. It sounds like a song that would have been on the original Scooby Doo series, <laughs> but lyrically would have no business doing such. Mm. So I love this album. I think that it really set the stage for what was to come next. Uh, I think, you know, the decision to not tour anymore and focus on writing albums and writing music was an excellent choice if this is what we're going to get moving forward. Uh, huge nostalgic spot for me on this one. This was really the first Beatles album. This is the album that got me into the Beatles. So, I mean, for me, this this one sits at number three. Is it full? And, you know, no, but it's fantastic. Commenting on what you said, Kyle, um, you know, you always heard Beatles mania. You've always heard of the when they would go on tour, people mm-hmm. would go crazy. They would pass out. They would whatever. When you don't tour and you just write music, you create more of a legend for yourself. Um, if you uh, this these are the days when artists could actually do such a thing and still make money and not go broke because today they're forced out onto the road with a painstaking kind of like path of like over touring and and concentrated like views of every single city possible to kind of rake in those dollars and 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 make a living. Whereas like these days you could th- these guys were confining themselves to like some house out in the country where they take a bunch of lsd and like oh, i saw like the trees talk to me and i wrote this song and it's the most <laughs> iconic song you've ever heard but you're not getting that uh, in a lot of ways today everyone's running around busy they're doing their oh i gotta do my stream where i answer everyone's questions and they donate money to me oh and by the way i also have to go and work on my clothing line and i have to tour the world twice and pump out an album and and you know it it really you're really not getting the quality of music today because these artists are burned out and just suffering from fatigue of uh, the world kind of saying more 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 but i don't want to pay for more i just want you to give me more and uh and the days that have gone are are the last time that we're ever going to see um, true art be created through a process of of not speedy release but just like um you know it's uh take time take your time and write good songs and um in the way that you see fit you know so it's uh um i feel sorry for the current generation and, and the new albums coming out uh, you know and uh, whoever can pull off that magical song um clearly has a lot of inspiration where they can handle the fatigue but not everyone's the same not everyone can do all that touring and all the stuff um, in the same way people go to school and fail because they have to do a part-time job while simultaneously uh, trying to, to feed their art. It's a, it is a really hard uh, thing to juggle. Well, you know, I feel like we're in like this cyclical pattern in music now that you saw it in the, the early 60s and, you know, the 50s where it was just you pump out album after album or single after single to stay relevant. And then for a while, we kind of probably in the mid 80s through the 2000s, let's say we kind of got away from that. And people started making good, cohesive albums and taking time to make art again. And now it's just back to, all right, well, here's an album. 
but it's really just kind of a here's like 10 songs thrown together half of them were released as singles beforehand like throughout the past year but we needed something to throw out for our label so now we can go on a on two back-to-back tours and then do this and that and it it's unfortunate it's unfortunate that and you know it's again not up to the bands really it's they need to make a living so i totally get it but it it's unfortunate for the listener. I think it's unfortunate for music as a whole. Yeah, nineteen sixty-five was the same year they released, you know, their previous album Help. So, man, talk about pumping out lots of lots of tracks uh, in a short period of time. You know, that's amazing for two of those albums to come out back to back. Pretty much um, puts a lot of you know artists to shame. When it comes to you know what they were able to accomplish, absolutely. Um, so that that's gonna do it for us as far as our part one of this career discography breakdown for the Beatles. Um, do you guys have anything else? Anything else for we're sold at all? You guys are good. Nope. No, I'm good. I'm glad that we were able to get through the uh, the first half of the discography. Yes, thank God. I, I was gonna say like it's. It's a lot. I mean, going through 12, I mean, we did Van Halen, we did Blink-182, we did Green Day and Metallica, but like going through any, like those are, I mean, when you have like a, a, a career and a discography like the Beatles, it's it's a lot to go through, but for next week, we will be more, we're going to be more than ready to do go through our next, our part two of this discussion um, and celebrating 60 years since they came over to the United States back on February 7th of 2024 in 1964. Um, but yeah, I want to thank the two gentlemen who do, who do this podcast with, with me all the time. Kyle and Mike, thank you all as always. Um, Problem, good sir. Yes, thank you. And uh, we want to thank you all for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. So tune in next week for part two of our Beatles career discography breakdown uh, and album ranking towards the end of that episode too. Uh, and we'll, we'll be good for that. But thanks, thanks so much for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. And uh, but for all of you, uh, for all of us here, cruiser perspectives, stay safe. Okay, take care and be awesome.